Welcome to episode 32 of Can We Still Be Friends, a podcast that tests the limits of the friendship between two people who mistake movie taste for personal morality. I'm Nate Goss, here with Ryan Ebling. Like most people, we enjoy watching horror movies as Halloween nears. This year, we remember Wes Craven by watching A Nightmare on Elm Street, his 1984 slasher hit. This is not my first time watching it, but Ryan has never seen it. A Nightmare on Elm Street was a standout success in the slew of slasher films that came out in the 80s. It spawned several sequels, and Freddy Krueger is one of the most recognizable movie villains of all time. Made for just under $2 million, it grossed over $26 million, saved New Line Cinema, which in a way means we have A Nightmare on Elm Street to thank for Lord of the Rings ever getting made. Also, it established Wes Craven as a major figure in horror movies. It also launched the career of Johnny Depp, for what that's worth. It's worth a lot to me. Well, sure. A few, a few movies. Yeah. But does Freddy still conjure nightmares and thrills? Or has its impact waned, putting us to sleep rather than keeping us awake late into the night? Keep listening, and whatever you do, don't fall asleep. And we're going to need some more coffee and caffeine pills. Oh yeah, stay awake. All day long I've been seeing that guy's weird face. Here in those fingernails. Fingernails? That's amazing you saying that. That made me remember the dream I had last night. What'd you dream? I dreamed about a guy in a dirty red and green sweater. Well, what about the fingernails? Oh, he scraped his fingernails along things. Actually, they were more like finger knives or something, something he'd made himself. They made a horrible sound. Scream. Nancy, you dreamed about the same creep I did. All right, so that was Tina and Nancy discussing uh, their dreams from last night, finding out they had uh, some, a little bit in common. Yeah, yeah. How often does that happen? Not often. No. My dreams are usually so boring, it's probably mm-hmm. for the better, that <laughs> people don't have mutual dreams with yeah. my dream. But. Yeah, like that dream where I think you were just reading the paper. Yeah, I mean, there's you usually... talked about that a lot. Reading the paper or often filing some papers, sure. often old tax returns. With no hitches, no problems. No. Things are just, you're, you've got a stack, No, but you, you know, file them. as Halloween nears, yeah. maybe I'll have a dream of... Filing papers, and one of them has some slashes in it. Okay, okay. So you've got seasonal dreams. See, yeah. Are you filing Christmas cards? <laughs> yeah. Um, not well. That'll be soon. Perhaps end of year giving papers, charitable donations. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Then yes, yes. That's exactly what my your December Christmas, dreams Christmas tend to be. Dreams. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. That is. I'm glad nobody has to endure those dreams. Yeah, it would be a nightmare you. in its own right. It would but be, yeah. so, but that's we're not talking about no. my dreams tonight. Thankfully, the dreams in A Nightmare on Elm Street are much uh, more interesting 
than your paperwork dreams. But that is a moment early in the movie where Tina and Nancy are realizing they were dreaming about the same person who turns out to be Fred Krueger. Mm-hmm. Funny how they don't really call him Freddy Krueger. He calls himself that. Yeah, he does. Which That's I never right. like when people come up with their own nicknames. Yet, oh. yet another reason to dislike Freddy Krueger. Yeah, it's another reason that he's just kind of grating and annoying. Hey, it's Fred Krueger. Freddy. <laughs> oh, well, okay. Okay, guess guess that's what Fred, we're calling you. Freddy. It's October. This... As we talked about earlier on in our uh, intro, we do like to use this month to fill in a few gaps in mm-hmm. our viewing of yeah. horror movies. Yeah, horror is not typically a genre I'm drawn to. Yeah, me neither. Uh, but so I do like it. I do too. When I find so, a good one. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm curious before we jump into this, because mm-hmm. because you also like to fill in those blind spots. What are yeah. a few blind spots you've been filling in this month, other uh, than uh, the obvious one we're going to be discussing? Yeah, I have not yet started, mm, but I've got a lot. Time. I didn't watch any horror movies growing up, mm-hmm. like definitely no no in my house. Okay, so you would have watched them if it was okay, do you think, or did you just oh, never I probably even have been an interest? Scared. I wasn't. Yeah. I was not interested. Yeah. Um. But this year, I'm not sure. I always like going back and seeing some of the older ones. I, I saw It Follows this year. Yeah. I saw The the Babadook. Okay. I saw It Follows. I did not see The Babadook. I really love The Babadook. I thought It Follows was okay. Yeah. Because I don't like genre as, uh, horror as a genre in and of itself, Like I won't just sit down in any horror movie. Well, even if it's not great, I'll still love it. I like to sort of wait a little bit and see you know how how they are reviewed are people that i uh, respect saying good things about it yeah, or is it just a foundational movie like a nightmare on elm street or texas chainsaw massacre sure i've i've always got some that i want to see yeah i even i even though I've, i you know nightmare on elm street sort of is maybe the kickoff to my horror movie watching yeah you're what will now be a marathon from now right. until halloween yeah oof it's going to be busy i'm calling yeah. in sick good uh yeah, every day. Uh, it's it's at that point. I've got enough sick days to call in sick until Halloween. So good, good to use them. You, yeah. Use those sick days. You're they're there for a reason. Yeah, you 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 use them or you lose them. That's they how say. they work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How, what have you watched? Uh, I, you know, I got I got kind of a late start as well, but I, I watched the uh, Tim Burton Sleepy Hollow. Oh, with Johnny Depp. Cause that's not a bad movie. I thought it was pretty Did terrible. You? I you know I think um. What I've made never me want, wanted to see it again. Right. What made me want to watch it was I, I remember thinking it looked really cool. Back in what, 1999? Yeah. I mean, it was still in the 90s, but I think it was pretty late. Yeah. 99 sounds about right. Um, It's on Netflix and I it's Johnny Depp, Christina Ricci, and I just, I and Christopher Walken for some reason. Oh, yeah. I just kind of was like, I really miss classic Tim Burton. Yeah. It looks like Tim Burton. That one's not classic Tim Burton. Well, it's not, I mean, but it's, it's got the classic look. Classic era. It just has that 90s era of Tim Burton feel, and um, it, not good. No. Not good. So I was Johnny a little disappointed Depp's by that. not bad in it. Yeah, he's fine. But the story just goes really off the rails by the end. You know, a lot of those movies that try to take like a shorter story, and they try to blow it into a full feature film, yeah. and it's well, obvious like they did really the didn't Alice know in how Wonderland. to. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The other movie I watched, which we talked a little bit off mic, was I watched The Conjuring last night. So Ooh, I'm going boy. on very little sleep right now. That is, without a doubt, the scariest. Can we just say, as a podcast, that can we still be friends? This is sort of our stamp that this is the scariest movie we have ever seen. Yes. The Conjuring. And I, I know, I've, I've heard people say that it wasn't. like Yeah, I, me too. But I, I, a student last year said she watched it 
And I was like, oh, man, how are you doing? And she was like, I thought it was really funny. And I'm like, you are hiding. You are hiding (laughs) your fear. Like, there's no way. There are different things that scare different people. And I think that's just for me, that's what does it. It's that. No, The Conjuring is is by far the the, the the horror movie that scared me the the most. The the paranormal stuff is based on a true story. Based on a true story, yeah. It's true. I, I haven't seen a ton of horror movies, but I've seen enough to know that they don't usually phase me all that much. They phase me maybe mm-hmm. as I'm watching them. I might be on the edge of my seat right. during it, but yeah. afterwards I'm able it's... to kind of put it aside and get some shut eye. But this one was just, yeah. it lingered. No. And, and it's also the movie itself, as we were talking, it's it's just relentless. Yeah. Halfway through, I paused the movie and I just, I, I genuinely thought, I don't know if I can finish yeah. this, but I know that's a terrible idea. Horror movies resolve usually in some way. And so I need I was like, if I stop now, I will only be even more frightened <laughs> than if I finish it. But The Conjuring, yes, definitely stamp of approval. For uh, Yeah, um, I feel like... Uh, be careful. Yeah. So I feel like these last two years, it's been kind of nice because last year I watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which was another one genuinely that genuinely scared yeah. me. So I, I, I'm like... Wow, I'm actually picking out some movies this year and last year where I'm legitimately getting a little scared, which feels good. And when you're it does a little bit, a little yeah. bit, yeah, I get it. Yeah, I mean, we wouldn't watch them if we didn't think they might actually scare us a little bit. I was just curious about that before we jump into Nightmare on the sure. Street. So why don't we go ahead and uh, get into our discussion? Since I have not seen this movie, I can't talk about the first time I saw. It. You know, sure. this isn't a rewatch for yeah. me, but you have. So, what's your history with this movie? Did you watch it when you were a kid? No. Okay. I've actually, the first time I watched it was probably about three years ago. Oh, really? It really okay. wasn't that. This was another one of those movies I did as a sort of blind spot gap yeah. filler a couple years ago. Did you watch a lot of horror movies when you were a kid? No. You know, we grew up in that sort of video rental yeah. uh, age, and the horror movies were always kind of off in their own section, and yeah. they just kind of scared me. The, me too. The look of the yeah. boxes. Oh, I hated you know? it. I, I, I hated it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I liked scary stuff. I liked going to haunted houses, but the movies we never watched a ton of as a family or yeah. by myself or even with my friends. I had seen a few. I saw Halloween and Friday the 13th in high school. Mm. Exorcist I saw in high school. That's kind of where it ended, I think. Yeah. I didn't watch any of that stuff even then. Our video rental place actually had like a fake stone gate over really? the- Really? Yeah. This oh, place it sounds pretty like- great. Videoland in Grafton, Wisconsin. Mm. Well, I guess the reason I bring that up, though, is what would happen is because you did see those boxes, but maybe you didn't see the movies, is you were familiar with all the characters. Yeah. So I knew Freddy Krueger. Mm-hmm. I knew Jason. I knew um, the Pinhead that's from the yeah. Hellraiser movies. Um, you know, Leatherface. All the of these. You have Candyman, at least. Lawnmower Man also Lawnmower sticks Man? out to me. Yes, that's another one. And so... You know, I never knew if these movies were any good, but the boxes sure did scare me enough. Absolutely. And so I certainly had an idea of Freddy Krueger, but yeah. I've never actually seen Nightmare on Elm Street. I actually realized that my whole understanding of the plot of Nightmare on Elm Street before seeing it was uh-huh. from a Simpsons Treehouse of Horror, oh, the one where Groundskeeper Will- Willie, Groundskeeper Willie is, is sort of like the Freddy Krueger character. And yeah. I remember it's like a PTA conference and they like throw him into a furnace. Um, yeah. And he comes out with his Scottish accent. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. And and they also have to try to stay awake because he keeps trying to kill them in their dreams. And in that little Simpsons segment, I never really put it together that that was Nightmare on Elm Street. Like that was the, the, the plot, actually. Right. Yeah. That that actually was that this is a... Because to me, Freddy Krueger was just a murderer. I didn't I no know the whole dream thing. I didn't either. It, was, it wasn't that long ago that I knew, oh... 
he kills them in their dreams. Yeah. Like that's the plot. I, I yeah. actually think it was when the 2010 remake came out and the commercials were all about like don't fall asleep and like yeah. all that stuff. And Which, I always thought that meant just like don't fall asleep because a killer yeah, will you're come into your room. Yeah, you're asleep, right? Possibly interesting story. They filmed a lot of the remake um, in Lake Forest where I live. Oh, really? And the set was between my house and work and my and my job. So every day for a couple of months, I drove past the set for that movie. Wow. Yeah. Lots of fog. It was like seven in the morning, so they okay. weren't they weren't doing a lot of, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. quiet, please, sir. <laughs> Can you get your Saturn out of the shot? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I eventually watched it and was underwhelmed. It had its charm to it. I guess I just kind of categorize it as being of its time. It certainly didn't keep me up at night. It didn't really even pull any real thrills for me the first time watching it uh -huh. um and so i didn't really think to watch it again until we were kind of trying to think of a, an episode and you know wes craven recently passing away and and reading some people pulling out what was what was good about nightmare on elm street mm -hmm. kind of made me excited to watch it again okay so do you have a rating for the did you rate it on letterboxd before oh uh, i didn't look i think i gave it three stars though and on the review Oh, you want me just to tell you right yeah, now? Just yeah, just go for it. I got nothing else to say. Oh, okay. All right. So, yeah, for me, um, after watching it again, I think I'm just going to keep it at three stars. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'll say three stars, too. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't really... Ha it didn't change for me. Okay. <laughs> but why don't you go ahead and talk about this being your first time? What, are, what were some of your first reactions watching it? Well, it depends on when in the movie you're asking for my reaction. Because I feel like early on, I'm definitely with it. I'm with it for a lot of it. Okay. You know, not enthralled, not terrified, not... Keeping your interest. Impressed, yeah. I'm interested in what's happening. I have some questions. There's some things I'm like, well, okay. And then in the last 15 minutes, I'm like, I don't know what this is doing anymore. Mm -hmm. And then the ending, I was like, okay, I really have no idea what this movie is doing. I thought I had it pinned down for a while. I thought, oh, this is kind of just a morality story. The good kids are kind of protected. Like, obviously, the, the trope of the, the promiscuous teenagers, Tina and Rod, uh, yeah. dying first. After being obnoxiously loud during sexual intercourse. Right, right. But I that's mean, part Johnny of the Depp, Right. Johnny Depp even says, while he's listening to them, morality sucks. So he's he feels like, oh, look at me. My morality is causing me to be punished because I'm not allowed to have sex. But really we see, no, your morality has kept you alive up to this point. Sort of. I mean, there's no real... That's our judgment. Mm -hmm. Like the bad kids are the ones that get killed first. So I kind of was wondering like, oh, is that just all he is doing? But then he's not at all. It's funny that you mentioned that because I wouldn't have even thought of that. Yeah. So the movie opens with Tina's dream, but they both had the same... right. I know. I mean, they both had that just, same experience yeah. of seeing Fred Krueger in their dream. Yeah, and I may have been reading into it too much, but just like the fact that they were the, the two who died, and yeah. it looked like Glenn and Nancy were going to survive. Yeah, and it's a it's a it's an effective monster movie. You know, like Freddy Krueger is he's unsettling at times. At times, when he cuts himself open and it's green and the maggots come out. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. And when he's, you know, the opening credits of him making the knives mm -hmm. and... 
I think my favorite is seeing him in like the, I guess it's like a sort of an alleyway or a back street and his arms his are just arms long. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. And it looks just off. I right. mean, it, I mean, part of that might be some schlocky special effects, but I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I think it's just that it's supposed to just kind of be a little unsettling. Yeah. And it, it definitely was. So there are things like that, that I was like, yeah, I mean, he's doing his thing and it's good. There were other things I was like, yeah, this is 1984. <laughs> this is pretty... Right. So I was kind of in and out with it. I, I was up and down. And yeah. then I kind of ended down. I think I'm kind of with you. And here's the thing is I, I hate this phrase, but I'm going to use it anyways because it keeps coming up in my mind when I try to put to words what I think about Nightmare on Elm Street. And it comes down to Nightmare on Elm Street. It is what it is. <laughs> yeah. That's the most I can ever really say sure. about it. Like it, And I mean that in a couple different ways. I mean it as it's iconic. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is your introduction to Freddy Krueger, who obviously is a horror icon. And it is what it is in the sense that it's a teen horror movie. Right. So, yeah, of course, it's a little campy. The dialogue is pretty stale. The script is not all that Nancy's great. The acting is pretty bad. It is what it is. You know, right. <laughs> it's just what you get. You know what you're getting when you go into it, I think. Yeah. The music is very 80s, which I kind of like, actually. Some but of it, it I really liked. Some um, of it was very distracting. The score by Charles Bernstein. And the song at the credits, oh Nightmare, is so bad. That's it's so funny. Horrible. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I was like, they're really doing this. <laughs> like, sort of hair metal, kind of. A little um, bit, but like hair metal pop. Already in 84, they were doing like hair metal light. Where did Ghostbusters come out? I think it was 84 too, but was this just the year where every movie had its own song and it all it's sounded like, like yeah. it was made in 1984? <laughs> yeah, because um, Beverly Hills Cop, right? That's just a thing, I guess, of that year. So, yeah. And I think what does set Nightmare on Elm Street apart and makes it just a cut above your average is that it is just such an awesome concept. Mm-hmm. You think of horror movies already as being a genre that's supposed to make it hard for you to sleep. Right. And this yeah, is a movie that is really feeding on that fear of like that thing that you think is going to give you relief is actually the last thing you should do because that's where the killing actually happens yeah. is in your dreams. And you're totally out of control. And from a filmmaking standpoint, what an awesome idea because you can play with surrealism yes. and play with reality and, and bend, you know, uh-huh. the physics and, you yep. know, you can do so much. And I guess that's what I always wish I saw more of in that movie was playing with that dream yes. element. Yeah. Why do the dreams feel so realistic? You most almost, of the time? I think, I think part of what they were doing with that is that it was giving you a little bit of uh, confusion as to whether or not they were dreaming or not. Like, yeah, there was I like could see this, that. Are they really in danger? Are they okay? And then once Freddy Krueger, I in almost some ways, wished, but then there was always fog. I always felt like that was right, kind of a cue. Yeah, there Although, were cues. Definitely. Yeah. There were definitely cues later in the movie is when they kind of do that little bit of you know blending yeah now as far as that goes i almost wished like david lynch would direct this movie 
Right. Here's a thing I was thinking of. Um, I'm going to bring Josh Larson from Film Spotting, and mm-hmm. he had a pretty positive review of Nightmare on Elm Street, but he brought up something in the end of his review that in a way was high praise for Wes Craven, but all it really did was make me just think about what could have been. Mm. I'm just going to read this here. As the movie goes on, though, the dream world and the actual one begin to intertwine. When Nancy asks her boyfriend, a baby-faced Johnny Depp, amusingly cast as a jock, to watch over her as she sleeps, he pops up in her ensuing dream as an ineffectual guardian. In these scenes, Nightmare resembles less the slasher silliness of the Friday the 13th films than the narrative inventiveness of Charlie Kaufman. Efforts such as adaptation and being John Malkovich. These movies toy with us by puncturing our rational understanding of reality. Nightmare does it in a more malevolent manner. Interesting. And I think that's interesting to bring up those comparisons, but all it did was really make me think, oh, how awesome would a Nightmare on Elm Street Charlie Kaufman (laughs) is so cool. Uh, And I I I see what they were doing, what Wes Craven was doing with, you know, the dream world was kept a little bit more realistic, because the dream world also enters the real world. So mm-hmm. if they were so completely different, then it would be a little less plausible for, say, a geyser of blood to shoot out of Johnny Depp's bed. Yeah. Speaking of which, that was one thing that this movie impressed me, is it, it's got these very impressive visual sequences. Mm-hmm. Certain certain things are just oh, like really, really yes. well done. Yeah, and that's um, those are the pieces that I really do love about the movie there's yeah. the there's the the tina pieces in particular where she's thrashing around on the ceiling yes, yep i think these are the things that get to me are the yeah. visual sort of creepy elements yeah uh there's also the part where she's in the body bag yes in that the school. i think nancy's dream at school is for me the most effective one where tina's in the body bag and she's just being dragged yes. by nothing you can see yep that very thick trail of blood and he's taking his time it was those things that i feel are unusual for the slasher genre the quiet the long shot the lighting where you could see everything Mm -hmm. happening and it was just really scary the unsettling all of a sudden the hall monitor is freddy krueger like granted that woman didn't act all that well but still like when she turns around and she's bloody and Yeah, but those are the things that remind me of like The Shining, mm-hmm. which another movie that actually does creep me out a lot. Yes, and it's it all visual creepiness. Right. You know, there's not really any jump moments. Um, there aren't. Well, we could talk about The Shining a lot. There yes. really aren't. It's, it's been one of the things that I find it, yeah. super brilliant about it. But it's just like, oh, I don't like what I'm looking at. Yeah. But then it kind of makes you look at it for a while. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there were those things, like I said, when he cuts himself open. When Tina is thrashing on the ceiling, completely covered in blood. Even the geyser of blood. And I, I, I've, I've seen before, but I still loved it when I saw it, the shot of uh, Nancy in the tub when Freddy Krueger's hand just comes mm-hmm. out of the water. But I feel like those moments were sort of abandoned in every case for more run-of-the-mill horror. And that may be what it was in 1984, was that no other movie had those moments at all anyway, even though The Shining came out four years earlier. 
But no one liked The Shining. Right. <laughs> you know? The Shining. Stanley Kubrick got nominated for a Razzie in 1980 for really? Worst Director. It's pretty funny to look back and see what in the 80s people thought the was Razzies were calling terrible. Like, The Shining was all over that. Shelley Duvall, Worst Actress. Really? Yeah. It's like, I, oh, maybe they want to take some of these back. Wow, it really, it kind of makes you think, uh, are we going to be eating our words with Norbit? Yeah, with Norbit, with uh, Sandra Bullock in that one Steve movie, whatever that was. <laughs> you remember that, what I'm talking about? Yeah, well, I'm sure it's a masterpiece. I bet I mean, it if, is. If she, I The Shining, I mean, was... actually, you're in pretty good company uh, if The Shining is in there. That's true, that's true. <laughs> Every Razzie nominee can say, well, Stanley Kubrick was also nominated for Razzie. Right, which so may be more than honor. we can say about the Oscars. That is very true. The Razzies <laughs> are the only organization to <laughs> To ever... recognize Stanley Kubrick. Yeah. So that's why I feel not just indifferent towards the movie, but up and down. To me, this is a movie that overall feels run-of-the-mill but it's punctuated with some really great moments yeah because if you think about some of those scenes that are really great you got to think about what comes directly afterwards and some of the scenes are just so terrible you know like the all the jail scenes with rod uh, yeah. or just anything with rod in general rod's awful matter of fact i had a bad dream last night myself i had a heart on this morning when i woke up tina had your name written all over it there's four letters in my name rod how could there be room on your joint for four letters <laughs> hey up yours with a twirling lawnmower nah. rods is the sweetest thing oh he's not so bad yeah, and i think that's also part of Wes craven's thing and maybe it's what i because i really am not a huge fan of like scream but part of Wes craven's thing is actually to send up or to be very mm. aware yeah. of the teen horror genre yeah. and the tropes that are involved in that. And I guess to me, he's so capable of doing legitimately good horror that I just mm-hmm. wish he'd stick to that and stop trying to be so like, I guess in a yeah. way meta about yeah. it, like with yeah. scream, the best part of scream is that original scene with drew Barrymore. That's mm-hmm. a legitimately great slasher mm-hmm. someone's coming in your home through and through it's an amazing sequence and that's the setup to the movie and then the rest of the movie in my opinion i know what it's doing yeah. it's all a send-up to the tropes of teen horror movies but it's also just not very good and it doesn't hold my attention for very long yeah you know, like Wes craven it's like come on you know how to make a really good horror movie just make a good horror movie <laughs> yeah and i feel like a little bit i can i almost identify with what he's doing there because I don't write a lot of sh- fiction, mainly because I talk myself out of any idea I have. But almost every time I start to explore an idea as like possible short story or possible whatever, just for fun, I always start coming up with really trite and hackneyed ideas. Mm. And so then I almost always think, oh, well, I could make it a story about somebody writing a story and all they can think of is bad ideas. Yeah, and I'm yeah, like, yeah. shut up. Stop it. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's terrible. I almost feel like Wes Craven, I don't know anything about him or his psyche, but I, what it feels like to me is somebody who didn't have enough faith in their great ideas mm-hmm. or didn't have enough in their uh, faith in their ability to execute maybe a weaker idea to do it straight. That every time that they had a weaker idea... They just felt like, if I well, can it, wink if, at you... Yeah. Oh, well... Then I'll get away with it. That was the yeah. point. The point yeah. was all these movies that have, you know, that really grating jock chauvinist character. Well, you, 
you could have written him better. <laughs> <laughs> like Glenn wasn't terrible. Well, he Glenn wasn't, was interesting. He in wasn't a he stock was, character, right? You he was. He had his cheesy yeah. moments, but I mean, he was a for being a jock character. He was scared, not like typical scared. Not like we should get out of here, right. man. But like, and he wasn't always trying to get in the girl's pants, right? He didn't really trust himself to be the hero, which is not common for the jockish character. Yeah, that's interesting in and of itself. So I think he could have gone interesting with Rod too. Um, and maybe he thought he was by making him sort of a victim of the legal system or something. I don't know. I, I can't quite pinpoint it, but I feel like winking at it is a safety net. Yeah. It was, was sort of what was happening in some ways. Yeah. And I guess I have an appreciation for some movies that do that. Like, I don't know if you call it maybe just a direct parody, but like Shaun of the Dead is a movie that is definitely winking at you and throwing all the zombie tropes at you, but is legitimately scary in sections. But leans more on that comedy side. <laughs> yeah. A le- legitimately scary, legitimately funny, and legitimately doing something new in horror and comedy. Pushing both of them. Right. Just and being respectful back. of all of them. Right. You know? Yeah. Not saying, look at me doing it better. Why didn't anybody think of this? But I love what everybody did. And here's my new take on it. Like, yeah. uh, um, I feel like so there's I'm not, not saying, that level of smartness yeah. or intentionality. But I guess what's so frustrating is that you do see these moments of brilliance in Wes Craven. Uh-huh. Or just surprise you in a way that you didn't think. The gooey stairs. Yeah. You know, like when she just sinks, sinks into the stairs. Yeah. It's not the, the scariest thing, but it's certainly like, oh, yeah, okay, she's in trouble. Right. Or like when Nancy's sleeping in the bed and he's yes. coming through the wall. Yeah. And it's not like you can't figure out, like, okay, that's obviously some kind of fabric or something. Like, yeah. who cares? It's just a really cool looking effect. The idea of some, you know, some monster right. just seeping through a wooden wall like that. Yeah. For one thing, if we can just quickly, I can point out another, uh, maybe it was a wink, but the classic tripwire check when she's <laughs> booby trapping the house and like, now that's the tension of the of the tripwire. A little Kevin McAllister going a little bit, on there. Yeah, a little that's Home Alone. I said. Yeah, I said there's a. This is a really zany scene. <laughs> like it's supposed With to the be the sledgehammer. Yeah, that, and like, it's like whoa, whoa, whoa <laughs> and trips over the stairs. Yeah, I was like, is this supposed to be funny? Like I don't slapstick think funny? so. Yeah, I don't think so. But now, is it funny nuts. as we filter it through at being someone who grew up with Home Alone? I don't know. It could be. It, I can't imagine That's anybody from thing. our generation watching that and not thinking immediately of Home, Home Alone. Alone. Oh, of course I did. We all, I mean, I watched it with my wife and she's like, is this Home Alone? Yeah. And I'm like, this was a long time yeah. before Home well, Alone. So if anything, well, John Hughes was- It was only know. six years. But oh yeah, you're right. And I also can't say how I would have seen this movie without 30 years of Freddy Krueger being almost like- the lovable slasher villain. Yeah. Quippy and, you know, a little neutered. Although if he's listening, I'm probably going to get killed in my dreams tonight. Don't fall asleep. I won't. Okay, so I know exactly what he looks like. So there's no real terror to that. Mm-hmm. I've seen him on, like, Entertainment Weekly covers. Yeah. We've seen wax figures of the guy. Yeah. You know, I think that does inform the way we watch it because I actually... Oh, it has to. As I'm watching it, I'm actually thinking to myself... Kruger might just be the lamest part of this movie. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because the parts that actually got to me were the parts that were unexpected, like the more surreal sort mm-hmm. of things that just kind of creep you out. But that's probably only because those aren't the parts that get yeah. referenced later on right. in pop culture. If, and so Freddy Krueger is just such a very safe 
yeah, uh, well, he's, horror villain at this point, you know. I mean, I, I think almost a little bit of like Ice Cube and Ice Tea. <laughs> okay. You try to tell a kid today, like, oh, dude, Ice Cube shook it up. White America did not know what to do with him. And it was like, the guy from Are We There Yet? Right, the guy in the family film section? Yeah. Ice-T, like, people wanted to arrest him based on words he wrote. From Law and Order? Like, yeah, that guy. The <laughs> Ice-T ice from Law and Order. It's along those lines. It's a terrible analogy. I know what you mean, though. Because Ice Cube and Ice-T were really necessary. A voice of people who were not exactly. given a voice. Yes. But the idea that he was ever the stuff of nightmares is what's sort of... Like, Hard to understand. Yeah. I wish we could talk to someone who actually had seen yeah. the movie in 1984, maybe even as a teenager. Right. And try to get into that space. I mean, I'm trying to think of what was a, what was a horror movie that we grew up with that everyone talked about. The Blair Witch Project. Yeah. And I can't imagine... Scream. I have not seen The Blair Witch Project. I, I have. probably should. And I didn't think it was scary at the time, but I think what was novel about it was that, soul, oh, that found whole footage. found footage thing. Mm -hmm. And that's so cliched almost now. But that's the true story thing. I know. That's I know. what you have to do. You just have to say your movie's based on a true story. So you, if they said based on a true story, nah, then I, mean, I probably, probably wouldn't. Not. No, I'd no. be like, Freddy Krueger, what, what part of this is true? I think one of the cheapest things about this movie is, is the... Well, there's kind of two endings to the movie. Oh, yeah. I hated that. I hated it too. I thought it sort of like just was like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. Because I don't even care enough to make sense of what you just did. So basically the only way, the only thing you got to do if you see Freddy Krueger in your dreams, turns out, just turn your back on the dude. Right. And he disappears. And he disappears. In like, like a, a Star Trek teleportation <laughs> effect. <laughs> they teleport. Somebody's going to get mad at me for that. Beaming, beaming up. But Freddy Krueger does that kind of thing. Yeah, it's a sparkly. Yeah, it's a sparkly. That came out of nowhere. Just disappearing. It all of a sudden had this like sci-fi look to it. Right. And I was like, where did that come from? Yeah, totally. And it, I mean, it would have even been visually better if he had maybe just dissolved into like a fog or like a. Right. It's like this really cheesy, staticky kind of thing. And, but, that, that, but that doesn't even make sense no, to the rest I know. of the movie because Johnny Depp didn't even see him when he died in his dream. True. He just opened up the bed and died. I guess maybe does it have to be sort of like a conscious decision that you were going to turn your back on this person? And Johnny how, Depp still maybe. had a, his character Glenn still had a feeling that Freddy Krueger was lurking. Um, I don't know. But then it just but, seems cheap. Oh, it's totally that's cheap. in the writing. I mean, there's no one, there's nothing else you can blame other than come it, up with something better. He come had up no with... <laughs> more ideas for scares. Like, yeah, okay, I think that's probably enough. You do get the sense this guy is pretty much invincible because she kind of burns him in the house, even right. So you're wondering what what could possibly kill this person? Self confidence. Turns out, just, just I don't need you. Really Wait, low you need self esteem. Him? Wait. And then there's what? A, I mean, maybe, and then what? And then then what? Like what is that ending? The ending was supposed to I thought it was kind of cool. Like okay, so are we still in a dream? Is there still danger lurking? But they showed him disappearing. So well, did he not disappear? We, so they show him disappearing when she turns his back on him. That's what you're mm -hmm. talking about. And then 
The next day is this foggy. There's your clue. Right. So you're supposed. I think bright day. Yeah. The mom is totally fine. I don't want to drink again. Again, another effective sequence where the car starts rolling windows up mm-hmm. and closing the roof on its own. When you're like, "Whew, this is spooky." A little much for the 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 cover on the convertible to be red and green. <laughs> we get it. So Freddy is the car. I think so. I but think then that- he's inside the house to grab the mother and pull her through the tiny window. Is he everywhere? Like, is that what the ending is? That is that maybe what the static thing was? It's all a dream. Was, was she it? didn't die, or she yeah. didn't actually beat him. She died, and now she's stuck in this dream. I have no idea. And all, I haven't seen, obviously, seen a sequel to know no. what they do Well, with I think that. in the sequel, because he had low self-esteem, he went to counseling. <laughs> sure. Learned how to affirm himself. I, I mean, he, You yeah. could no longer turn your back on him, because he had the confidence he needed to kill you. Well, even if you turned your back on him, he, he knew who he was. And he did not put his value in that. And it's 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 Nightmare on Elm Street two, Freddy's breakthrough. <laughs> right. Um, I yeah. I genuinely don't know. And it, there wasn't enough in the movie to make me think like, oh man, what was that? What, what was that ending? What was he doing? It was just like, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> I am sick of this. <laughs> I I kind of liked it. I feel like it it keeps you it is it keeps, what it is it is it's what it is all it, keep, it is <laughs> it, it, it keeps you with the sense that not all is safe yeah but and it does play with that dream thing which you know we've seen i mean even if you talk about like inception like we've seen this you know this <laughs> idea of like are we still dreaming you know yeah and it does do the callback to the girls with the jump ropes and the yes, children singing does. so it, it, it brings that back around even though i don't really know what that means or yeah, symbolizes that was very clear to them it reminds me of that old jump rope song. I'm like, oh, I'm not sure you're gonna have to do a refresher. <laughs> Run that by me Recap. again. Yeah, explain that to me like I'm a five year old. Yeah, there was something in the song. There was nothing about the dream that made me think of a jump rope song. But don't you think that that comes with a lot of these horror movies where the more oh, you sure. think about it, you know, you're bound. I mean, you sure. Know, take even your best horror movies, and you, the more you think about it, you're going to be like, yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, so I don't want to linger on that too no. much. But I do think that for this for particular mo- movie, I wasn't able to overlook it by the end, and I think it really did come down to that cheap ending where yeah. she just turns her back for on the him. whole. Because after that, was, hinge, yeah. the whole movie to culminate in, I, I don't know, he, he disappears or something, and then the girls jump rope, and then we've got this killer song by my cousin. <laughs> my nephew wrote a song for the movie. <laughs> that song, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, I, I think for me, my 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 dislike for the movie, which probably sounds like I like it less than three stars. But up until the ending, I do like it. It's funny for me to look in my notes. I go from a couple questions in the beginning as I'm trying to figure it out. Then like, oh, this is a good good makeup effects, effective gross-out imagery. Some things aren't working so well. Oh, but this is pretty good. This is good. Oh, I like the blood guys or all this stuff. And then my notes turn to not quite sure the logic of this. <laughs> kind of surprised about this. A little zany. And then my last note is, I'm not sure I understand it at all. 
the movie just sort of like fizzles, ran out of ideas. It fizzles, which is probably fine for cementing Freddy Krueger. Like it got its job done. Yeah. And they could kind of make it into a, a cash cow. Right. But you're looking at the movie itself, Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. By the end, it just kind of yeah. goes into nothing, and really. Maybe they their plan was like, all right, we're just going to hit them hard and then we're going to get out before they can think about it. <laughs> I, I feel like, because this is my second time seeing it, the second time around, I started to lose interest maybe even a little bit earlier. I bet. And what was hard was the concept is great, but the way they battle that concept for so long is just trying really hard not to fall asleep. Right. So if you're not into this movie, it's very hard not to watch them falling asleep and be like, man, I'm tired Oof, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think we're going to figure anything out. There's a little too much distance between our sensibilities and those of teenagers in 1984 for, I think, us to do sort of like a cultural zeitgeist yeah. analysis. I think the most we can say is that this is a, is a talented director mm -hmm. who maybe wasn't quite confident enough in his own ideas for a while or was too confident in his bad ideas. <laughs> I don't know. We'll never know. I mean, there's certainly a plenty of people who love this movie. And I, I, I honestly, and I'm I fine think, with that. And it's, I think it's, yeah, exactly. It doesn't, doesn't rub me the wrong I way at all. I get it to a point. Yeah. And I think there's enough for you to say like, yeah, I don't know, you know, those visuals just really carry me and I like the dream world. Well, let me put it this way. I think October rolls around and there's just a part of me that kind of wants to sometimes watch a movie like this. It's not great. Yeah, I'm with you. You know, you. it's got its problems. Uh -huh. You even know you're going to be let down at the end. But yeah. hey, it's October. It's Halloween. This yeah. is what you put and on. And you know what? You know? If I don't make it to the end, that's fine. Yeah, exactly. I'll throw it on. Yeah. If something better comes up. You know, this is like a perfect movie to have on, like, if you have to be at home during trick-or-treating. Sure. You know, because exactly. you got to get up. You got to get the candy out. You don't yeah. know when you're going to get interrupted. But hey, it's just the right movie to have on. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think if I were younger, uh, you know, a couple years ago, I probably would have been like, you know... No, there's no room in the world for a movie like this. <laughs> I'm fine. But what I'm curious about is we know that they made, gosh, at least seven of these movies afterwards, plus the remake. Mm -hmm. So if we know we just can turn our back on the dude. and I he, have no idea. So if I, I don't really care to watch any of the Because apparently that didn't work. I guess. It did, but it didn't. Like so it was a trick. For any of our listeners out there who maybe have seen these sequels, if you could just fill yeah. us in about how Don't they work. Don't make us watch them. Like, just how do they work? I'm kind of just confused. If we were confused enough by the logic at the end of this movie, how does the logic continue yeah. into the next uh, few I almost want to watch the second one, or at least start it. <laughs> maybe just the first few minutes to get the idea. Yeah. Something has Let's to happen to do. make it work. I guess I could read about it. I don't know. I really don't want to watch another one, though. Another Freddy Krueger movie. No, I'm good. Yeah. So I, I can't see our ratings changing. No. I think we kind of just affirmed for each other what we were kind of both thinking. It's yeah. fine. I the guess I was... fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I didn't know if you were going to have some like take on it and be like, I think the movie really gets at the human need... Yeah, no. Nope. I, I will say, um, if you're looking for that, I think Josh uh, Larson's review is actually pretty okay. good. He gives it four stars, and he does get Out into of four? a four. Yeah, I think. Really? Does he do a four or five? I, I think he no does a four idea. star rating. I'm not sure, but it's high praise. <laughs> All right, I'll check that out. Maybe we'll put that on the old website. So, best buds. Oh yeah, <laughs> you and me, not me in the movie. All right, so let's talk about our uh, next episode of Can We Still Be Friends? Let's episode do. What, what number 33. are we on? 33. 33. Episode 33. 33. Ryan, 
are you excited for Spectre? Uh, yes, I am. I am excited. The new the James, James Bond. Bond movie. Sam Mendes again directing. Yeah. This Daniel is Daniel Craig's Craig. last? He said it's his last. Yeah, okay. he said you couldn't. Yeah, I, I, I believe he said he'd rather die than do another James Bond <laughs> I heard Bond that movie. too. Yeah. Kind of takes the the magic out of it a little bit. <laughs> if I it's really want to know. terrible to be James right. Bond, what hope do any of us yeah. have, really? I really want to know that James Bond is in it to win it. Right. You know? We were both huge fans of Skyfall. Oh, absolutely. The last James Bond movie. Terrific. Crazy thing is. Yeah. <laughs> crazy thing. So you had never seen Nightmare on Elm Street. Turns out I've never seen a single Sean Connery, Connery James Bond film. That's crazy. He made several. <laughs> I know. <laughs> They've been around. And he's kind not, of like. Not difficult to get your hands on. I know. I know. And I'm not even. That's crazy to me. I'm not. I don't even have a reason. Because no. I like James Bond. Yeah. The ones I've seen. Yeah. And uh, Sean Connery is kind of like the James Bond, you know. Well, that's kinda. debatable. But yeah. No. I mean, for your money. Yeah. You, nobody's nobody's, well, nobody's going to call you a lunatic if you say, Sean Connery's probably my favorite James Bond. I think you could probably make the case that Sean Connery made James Bond too. You know? Possibly. He wasn't a likable James Bond. I can't Bond. make that case. Gonna... I haven't seen him. You can't at all make that case. <laughs> I'd like to make that case, I, though, on the other hand, I, on the other hand, just kind of went down the list. I think there are two James Bond movies I haven't seen. They are... Um, one is a Timothy Dalton, and one is a um, Pierce Brosnan. Is it the one with Halle Berry? Correct. And uh, the other James Bond movies, I have almost certainly seen more than once. Okay. I watched a lot of James Bond as a kid. So, the one that is pretty commonly pointed to as one of the best uh, early James Bond movies. Maybe one of the best James Bond movies ever. Yeah, yeah. People will say it's one of the best James Bond movies I ever. always see it on the list of movies you have to see before you die. Yeah. It's all, And if they have to choose one if James Bond. If you have Bond, to watch James Bond, it is? here's Goldfinger. Goldfinger, okay. Nate has never seen it. It's, let me think, the second or third Bond movie. I think it's the third Bond movie that they made. We'll know that by next episode we will. for sure. But in any case, it's it's a classic. If you haven't seen Goldfinger, you will watch it and say, I feel like I've seen this movie because it is visually referenced everywhere, not the least of which in Austin Powers. Which is a movie I saw so many times. Right. So I feel like, you will, did I really need to see Goldfinger? And I'm, I'm worried, I, I gotta tell you, I'm worried that seeing it in the Austin Powers context is going to make it a little funny to you. Okay. I want you to fight that urge. I will take that into account. Thank you. When I see it. Watch it with us because it's a great movie. It really, yeah. uh, you know, I guess I'm tipping my hand. And if you haven't seen the movie, you don't have to be ashamed because I'm with you. Sure. I'm excited to see it and, and I think it'll help ramp me up even more for Spectre. Mm -hmm. So I'm really uh, looking forward to oh, it. I'm sure it will. If you've seen it at least once, let us know what you think mm -hmm. about uh, Goldfinger, about James Bond. Who's the best Bond? Is Blonde Bond okay? What about the idea of Idris Elba being Bond? I'm kind of excited by that prospect. Um, yeah. But uh, also talk about Nightmare on Elm Street to us. Email us. Our email is feedback at canwestillbefriends.net. You can always hit us up on our website, canwestillbefriends.net. Facebook. Just search Can We Still Be Friends. <laughs> Probably pop up somehow. Maybe uh, two or three down the list, but we're there. It'll it'll be the last few people you blocked because yeah. <laughs> you'll be saying, can we still be friends? Yes. And then it'll be right. our podcast. Yeah. Skip that group of people who come election time. You're like, <laughs> I don't want to see what you have to say. <laughs> You've been put in the group. Can we still be friends? Not that it's a podcast. Like us on Facebook. Also Twitter. Our handle is at CWSBF. 
I think we can figure out what that means. Yeah, it's um, well, we'll figure that out by next episode yeah. too. What that acronym means, <laughs> but uh, find us on Twitter or just follow us on Twitter. We always post our new episodes there, and some questions and some articles that are uh, pertaining to what we are going to be looking at yeah. and discussing. Uh, you can also give us a call and leave us a friendly and cheerful voicemail. Oh, We'd it doesn't to, have to be friendly. It doesn't have to be. No. No. Sorry, that's just a suggestion. A suggested if, tenor if we're of honest, voice. That's what we would like to hear. And if you're going to do that, the number you're going to need to call is 847 306 9532. We would love to hear from you. And if you would like to show your support in any way whatsoever, um, just give us a, a, a decent rating on iTunes. We yeah. always appreciate that. Or, yeah. you know, just. Uh, Tell your friends. That being said, our, our desire for new listeners does not change our love for our current listeners. Absolutely not. So, as always, thank you so much for listening, and uh, we look forward to our next discussion of Goldfinger. Yes, thank you. Thank you.